Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 183. Do you run toward temptation or away? That may sound like an unusual type of question, but I think it's fitting. We've been walking our way through 2 Samuel, through the life of now King David. And up to this point, we really have seen David, whether it was before he became king or since he's become king, in the majority of his decisions, they have been God-honoring. He is, in Scripture, referred to as a man after God's own heart. He does make a lot of good decisions. But one area that is an obvious weakness with David, and then in the future with his son, Solomon, has to do with male-female relationships. We've already seen that David has taken multiple wives, including concubines as well. And so we've seen that even though in so many areas of his life he makes wise decisions and he leads the people of Israel in godly ways, when it comes to the opposite sex, this is an area where he struggles mightily with temptation. Last week we went over a verse or two, starting out in 2 Samuel 11, just setting the stage. And this is a story that we really could cover in one podcast, but it's not going to happen. Because to me, the story of David and Bathsheba and the aftermath, there are so many personal applications that we can make to this story. And I want to make sure for my own sake and for your sake that we get out of these tough lessons, lessons for ourselves, Lessons that keep us out of this type of regret. So last week we started out with just a couple of verses and we talked about being in, not, not necessarily being in the right place, but being particular to be about God's business. We can let our guard down. And we can slack off. And in the midst of that slacking off, it can cause us to be right in the midst of a tempting situation, which is what happened with David. We are not going to be able to avoid all temptations in life. That's heaven. (laughs) That is not here on earth. We cannot avoid all temptations. Even if we were to poke out our eyes and make sure that we couldn't hear anymore. We would still have temptations that would well up inside of us. Temptations will come. It's what we do with those temptations that make or break us. And so last week we looked at the verses one and two, and then we're going to look back at two to set up three for this week. So let's just start reading. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Reba. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. And we talked last week, and you can go back and listen to last week's podcast, 
about the fact that this story of David and Bathsheba would not have happened in this way if it were not for the fact that David did not go to war as he should have. As the leader of the Israelites, he should have been headed out there in leadership, and instead he stayed behind. We all make choices each and every day of our life. And I can pretty much guarantee you that when David decided not to go to war, and it could have been for a variety of reasons, I, I'm tempted to believe that one of the reasons he stayed behind is they were being so successful, he probably thought there was no need for him to go. I mean, you look at the stories that we've just been talking about and just how victorious Israel had been. And, you know, why go to all that trouble when you can send out Joab, who is your commander, and they're going to win anyway. So why, <laughs> you know, as the king, just let him do it. But as a result of him being where he shouldn't be, he sees what he shouldn't see. Verse 2, late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. So that's where we stopped last week. Yes, we only did two verses, and we're only doing two verses this week. So here he is. He's not where he's supposed to be. And then he walks out, and he looks, and he sees a beautiful woman taking a bath. Again, we can't avoid all temptation in life. It is not possible so, we, when it comes to David being in the wrong place, shouldn't have been there. But let's say he wasn't supposed to be gone to war, that this was a time where he was supposed to be home. There's nothing that kept him from taking a nap, walking out, and seeing Bathsheba bathing. Sometimes, even when we're doing exactly what God wants us to do, there's temptation in front of us. There are temptations on church staffs. There are temptations in any place, anywhere you are. You are going to have temptations come your way. It is part of living in this sinful world. You can't stop all temptation. You can avoid some. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I live in New Orleans, Louisiana, or just outside of it. And so there are certain places in the city that I just do not need to go. Not because I'm especially susceptible to certain sins, but why in the world walk myself into them? Like, I know that there's going to be all sorts of sinful images and I know that there's going to be alcohol, and I know all of these things are going to be happening downtown in certain areas tonight, tomorrow night, because I'm recording on a Friday night, but it doesn't matter. It happens every night. Why in the world would I put myself in those situations? And yet, there are times where we can literally be going about God's business. We could literally be witnessing to somebody and in the midst of it, we have some sort of form of temptation that comes right at us. 
this morning I was in a location and, and sometimes the choices of people just dumb found me. And I had forgotten about this particular situation that I'd come across a few years ago. I had forgotten how certain people's boundaries are just different than mine. And I, I was in this place early this morning, right where I'm supposed to be. Like I'm right where I was supposed to be. And yet I see something that I, I, I just wanted to shake my head. I'm like, why did I see that? Why, why am I seeing that? You can't avoid all temptations. But what did I do with that temptation? That's the question. Did I sit and ruminate on it? Did I, like David and the next verse here that we're talking about, am I going to run to it? Or am I going to do like Joseph that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes? Am I going to run away from it? So verse 3 he sent someone to find out who she was. And he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. What did David do when he was tempted, when he sees this beautiful woman who is not his wife or wife or wife or wife or wife? Instead of surrendering his thoughts to the Lord and apologizing for not being in the right place and literally sanctifying like his mind and his heart. He asked one of his servants to go find out who this is. In other words, he's moving toward the temptation and he finds out that not only, you know, this beautiful girl, but she's a married girl. And what you can't tell from this particular text, but she is married to somebody that David would know who was. He was one of his 30 best soldiers, Uriah the Hittite. And we know how this story goes. We know where we're going next week with this story. But David, instead of running from this temptation and handing that image over to God and surrendering and confessing his impure thoughts, he starts trying to find out who is she. And as we find out next week, he just keeps running to the temptation. But we have another situation in the Bible, and that is in Genesis 39. We're going to look at a few more verses in this one. It's one of my favorite stories. Joseph in the Old Testament is one of my favorite characters. And when you think about Joseph, you see how to handle specifically sexual temptation. Because we do not see how to handle it from David, but we see it from Joseph. So even though both of these examples have to do with sexual temptation, we're not just talking about that. Like this is any temptation with which 
you struggle. In the last couple of hours, I took a little time away to just watch. A Part of it was a drama that's based on a true story where I saw people struggling with challenging decisions. So David was not struggling with something that was a gray area. We all know what that is. His situation was not a gray area. Do you approach and hit up the woman who's bathing on the roof, who is not your wife, Oh, and by the way, she's somebody else's wife. Like, not a gray area whatsoever. But we struggle with temptations that are in the gray areas, too. The ones where you feel as though you have to make a judgment call. That this is a situation that if it was presented to others, even people who are pursuing godliness that they might struggle with the answers. And then, right before the podcast, I watched a short clip of someone who gave in to temptation without recognizing it as temptation where it was a situation that they fed into and they were blinded to the danger, to the destruction that this could bring to their life and the lives of many others. There's all forms of temptation. So I'm asking God right now to open up your spiritual eyes and ears to the temptations that you face right now. Your weekly assignment feature is to determine one way you can run away from your greatest temptation this week. As we read through the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife, may God show you your greatest temptation And may he show you and maybe create a way for you to run away. Now, Joseph, this is the coat of many colors, Joseph. So Joseph was abused, trafficked by his brothers. And he ends up in Egypt in Potiphar's house. So Potiphar is a government official. And this is a sweet job for Joseph, and Joseph does well. Chapter 29 of Genesis, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. I mean, this is not like a chump job. This is like right at the very top of the ladder Here Joseph has been sold into slavery by his brothers and instead of being a slave in Egypt, 
he ends up being a servant to somebody who's in the inner circle of the king of Egypt. I mean, that's that's a pretty sweet deal. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Here we go. Joseph. Joseph runs away from temptation in multiple ways, as we see. Verse 8, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. So in other words, he didn't do like David and walk right into temptation and then lean into temptation. He is trying his best to just avoid the temptation totally. Verse 11, one day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. And then we go on to see that she frames him, says that he tried to rape her and he ends up in trouble. But God knew and we know. And eventually his story is proven true, but didn't turn out great for a while. But Joseph did what we are supposed to do. We are to run away from the temptations that either Satan places in our path or we conjure up in our own imaginations. You know, some people are tempted to say, Satan made me do it. Well, Satan didn't make you do it. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, Satan cannot make you do anything, but he can surely put a nice big billboard up and say, go here for fun. He can tempt us in so many ways. He can tempt us to move in a direction that is going to be destructive. He can also tempt us not to do what God has called us to do. So with you, how can you relate to the story of David? Like, in this day and time, there are so many people that are getting in trouble on social media. They do like David, in a, in a modern day version, 
and they're not where they're supposed to be, instead of being productive, they're playing around on social media, which most everybody who's on social media does it at times, and you get involved in this conversation. And it starts out innocent enough. And the next thing you know, it's getting deeper. I mean, how many relationships have been torn apart because of connections made on social media or using technology in some form or fashion? Like, our situation doesn't always look like David in his day and time. Ours may have a more modern twist, but either way, it's destructive and can destroy not only our lives and our witness, but it can hurt so many people. You know, I'm thinking about so many leaders in the Christian faith that have fallen from grace over the last few years. Chances are really good that they didn't start out full in on their sinful ways. They started out more like David wandering out on the roof and looking down and seeing something that they, at the, that point, may have wished they hadn't seen, but then they chose to see more and more and more. Or they chose to go. Not just look, but to touch. And so, I want you to think about in your own life. Where do you have a strong temptation this very day? And what is one way that you can make a plan to run away from that temptation? It may be that you set up accountability. It may be that you restrict your time on your device. It may be that you do not talk with a particular person. It was a few years ago, and on social media, I had somebody reach out to me, and the conversation, I mean, it was very tame, but I intentionally decided very quickly not to engage in the conversation at all. I wasn't rude, but I just managed to not show that I was on social media so that the person wouldn't start to try to have a conversation. I don't think that their intent was anything wrong, but I didn't want to find out. Because you can walk into situations like that and with two vulnerable people get heart connections made that are absolutely unhealthy. You know, it's not only physical affairs that destroy lives. How many relationships have been forever altered because of emotional affairs where two people may not 
have physically connected, but emotionally they have cheated on their spouses. How about you? Is there something the Lord is convicting you about this very moment where you're like, I do not need to be flirting with that guy at the office. Or I need to guard my heart regarding this certain person. I wanted to take the story of David and Bathsheba step by step because I don't want any of us to look back on our lives and have the type of regrets that David had because of this list of sins because it's not just one sin I mean it's a, it's a list of them that he committed primarily against God but also against Bathsheba as we'll see next week against Uriah the Hittite and then truly against the Israelite nation that he was supposed to be leading in godliness so thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can share this for free with others. There's not one person in your friend list that does not deal with temptation and could not benefit from hearing these two Bible stories, these two contrasting Bible stories, and being reminded to check their own hearts, to turn away from the temptations that are in front of them. Or to even better, turn away before you walk into the place of temptation. So, you can look down in the show notes. We've got information down there. Our new Instagram page, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. Facebook, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. Gmail account, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus at gmail.com. And then for the hidden episodes, the ones that you can't find on the major platforms, you can look at the very bottom and there's information down there on how to get to the hidden episodes. So next week, we really do press forward and we see the wrong choice that David makes that changes the entire way that his reign as king of Israel is characterized i mean he still was a really good king for israel and he led them especially from a military standpoint it was a really high time but you can't help but think about the life and the kingship of david without thinking about the sins committed against bathsheba and against Uriah the Hittite. When you look back on your life, I so, so, so hope that you will not have the regrets that David had. May you choose wisely this very day to run away from the temptations that Satan puts in your path and run toward 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the only one who truly satisfies. So don't forget, join us again next week. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.